we are called to love others and serve others, but sometimes we can find that to be difficult because we probably find it naturally to love people that are just like us. But in 1 Corinthians 9, uh, verses 19 through 23, Paul tells us that in order to fulfill the Great Commission and to follow the commands that Christ gave us, that he would meet people where they are. Those scriptures say, For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win more of them. To the Jews I become as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak I became weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, so that by all means I might save some. I can do it all for the sake of the gospel that I may share with them in its blessings. In this episode, Jesse walks us through what this looks like at a Christian counseling practice and how we as counselors handle meeting people where they are, dealing with the stigma mental health and Christianity may have attached to them, and prioritizing a client's need over a counselor's beliefs. So let's dive in and do this. Hi, I'm Shannon Rainey. And I'm Russ Rainey. Welcome to the podcast, March Christian Counseling. March is a private counseling practice dedicated to helping people through every season of life. Every podcast episode will feature some of March's trained professionals and unpack helpful information about therapy and mental health. Our prayer and our hope for every episode is that it at least provides you with some knowledge and some encouragement. If you would like some more information about our practice or to schedule an appointment, just visit our website, marchcounseling.com. Today, we're going to talk to Jessie. We've talked to Jessie before. She's a counselor here at March. Hello, Jesse. Hi, Alan. So glad to have you. So today, you guys, we are going to talk about mental health and the stigma that can sometimes uh, be attached to it. People sometimes think just seeking help for mental health uh, is a bad thing. And I don't want to give all the information right this second because that's what we got Jesse here for. But as you all know, we work at a Christian private practice. So not only is there some stigma is sometimes attached to mental health and receiving help in general, but coming to a Christian private practice, I'm sure that many clients uh, have questions about that. Is that okay? Are they going to impose their beliefs on me? Are they going to really understand me? And were there some bad experiences in the past? So again, I'm going to going to stop talking because I'm going to take away all of Jesse's probably material or information. So Jesse, what do you? Uh, what's a good way to start off? Um, how often do you agree, I guess, with what I generally just said as far as like mental health stigma or de- and or do clients have concerns mm-hmm. with the Christian perspective? Yeah, I've actually seen a couple of different perspectives. You'll have somebody that comes in that is not a believer or has no interest in organized religion at all. And they come in and they're very on guard about not wanting beliefs pushed upon them, not wanting to be told that they're just going to hell 
And then on the other side of that equation, you've got folks that come in and maybe they've been told that their issues, mental health issues are from a lack of faith or because they're not spiritual enough. And so they may come in seeking like hyper spirituality instead of just mental health help. Right. So you kind of see like two sides of a coin there to where you've got some people that don't want to incorporate spirituality at all into their sessions. And you've got other people who want to heavily use spirituality, but how to find that balance between Mm -hmm. the two can sometimes be a little bit tricky. Well, then you're going to hate this next question. (laughs) I was going to ask. So as a therapist, how do you, how do you handle that? And of course you just presented two different, situations Mm -hmm. but say you start with the client who absolutely does not want any Mm -hmm. kind of spirituality brought up or if you even even want to go more specific definitely not christianity Mm -hmm. Uh, how do you handle that client well i i kind of think of it as oddly enough you know the passages of scripture in first corinthians where paul talks about you know to the Jews, I did more Jewish things. To mm-hmm. the Gentiles, I participated in more Gentile things. And that's kind of how I view it. Mm-hmm. Every session, or excuse me, every client, the first session starts with asking that question. How mm-hmm. much spirituality do you want to be in, interjected into this into this process? Because mm-hmm. we are a Christian counseling facility. People know that. It's on the sign. I don't want to ever assume somebody's spiritual journey. Right. And so I like to ask first, you know, okay, where are you? So for the person that comes in and says, I'm not spiritual at all. I just came here because my insurance pays for it. Or this is where so-and-so told me to go. Then I say, okay, great. Then we're going to focus on more evidence-based psychology approaches, Mm -hmm. which, you know, to be fair, are also evidence-based in scripture most of the time. And so, I will lean heavily towards that, but I'm not going to necessarily call out where it's in the yeah. Bible. I was going to say that same thing that I don't want it to sound manipulative. It's just that it's wisely using knowledge that you have. So even if we know something is grounded in the Bible and we know it's biblical uh, and that man took that and may have called it something different, whether they knew it or not. Uh, but mm-hmm. but anyway, to a client who is not wanting a certain thing incorporated in, into their therapy, of course we're ethical and we're going to respect boundaries and, and oh, wishes yeah. and, and not impose our own beliefs. Uh, but it's also just, hey, that's what we went to school for so long for, uh, was learning how to utilize a, a knowledge in our head, <laughs> you know, when mm-hmm. to say things, uh, knowing people's timelines are different. Uh, mm-hmm. So even though you might say something on session 10, to them, you would never say it, you know, on session one. And I'm not even talking about necessarily just spiritual things. It's just as a therapist, I guess you see certain subjects or content over and over, and you know from experience that it would be too soon in the therapeutic alliance stage or establishing mm-hmm. rapport. Uh, we're not there yet where I need to do this kind of homework or, or push yeah. this. Well, and especially with the, with the person that's coming in who is coming in already on guard about coming into a Christian counseling facility, 
my first job is to build a relationship. Mm-hmm. I need to let them know that I'm not here to manipulate them into my religion or mm-hmm. to try to convert them in any kind of way. I'm definitely not here to beat anybody about the face and neck with the Bible. Right. And so my first job is to show that I'm in it for the relationship. You know, like you mentioned, the therapeutic alliance. I really want my clients to know that I am here to help them be more comfortable and whatever starting point they have is whatever starting point they have and Mm -hmm. that's a-okay if 10 sessions down the road somebody finally you know decides that they do want to talk about spiritual things cool we can right and if we don't get there then it never goes there and we continue talking about the other issues i mean you can you can talk about the issues without making somebody talk about things they don't want to talk about necessarily right well and and in some situations may even be trauma inducing or or triggering yep spiritual trauma or Mm -hmm. religious trauma is absolutely a thing Mm -hmm. and you we talk about church hurt all the time and religious trauma can be pretty damaging and so to me that's even more of a blessing that they're here because then we as the christian counselors can actually show jesus in a way that is healing versus re-traumatizing by right. just injecting more religion. Yeah. And um, I, I love what you're saying. And just to, to clarify, I wish I could think of a good example right offhand of what a counselor might do as far as, I don't like to say pushing boundaries because we, you know, we're considerate and, and I don't mm-hmm. want to make anybody uncomfortable. But at the same time, counseling can be uncomfortable uh, and so earlier, I, I totally didn't mean uh, forcing them to to be Christian or to do mm-hmm. any spiritual work if they don't want to do it. But if there is something, what's a good example of something that as counselors we might ask them to do that is homework that might get them out of their comfort zone in a in a good loving parental way, if that's if that's a good way to put it. You know, you want somebody to get healthy. So hey, is as a good friend or as a parent or somebody who just loves somebody, I'm going to encourage you to, Hey, I'll go walk in with you. You know? So anyway, can you think of anything that would be a good example of something we would have a client do as homework, trying to help them get better? One podcast you do is on affirmations. I do love a good affirmation. Love some positive self-talk. That's a good example. Well, and I'm a huge fan of, um, behavior therapy in general, because I just really think that that's, the way that we talk to ourselves impacts the way that we think about ourselves and impacts the things that we do. And so I love that. I was even thinking of, um, you know, journaling. It's it's cliche for a reason because Mm -hmm. it does work. Getting your thoughts out onto paper is extremely helpful at organizing those thoughts. Mm -hmm. Cathartic. Mm -hmm. Very much so. So that's a good example of, I was trying to clarify or just, I guess, delineate. There are some things, I mean, we'll never impose our own values or beliefs. We want to get to know a client, establish that rapport, therapeutic alliance. Uh, Hopefully, I mean, I want everybody to have a great experience while on this earth, but especially when they come in for counseling, this should, I would like to say, be one of the easiest relationships they're going to have as far as, or honest. Right, yeah. Well, I mean, where else can you go and sit down and the, the person across from you is not here to judge you. They're not formulating their own opinions of you. Mm-hmm. Like, everybody comes in, or not everybody, excuse me, some people come in and say, like, all right, diagnose me or psychoanalyze me. And, like, that's not, that's not my gig. That's mm-hmm. not my job. I'm here to sit down and be a soft place for you to land and I meet you where you are, and then we decide where do you want to go? What do you 
want to get out of this process. That's right. Like, I'm here for the ride. Right. Roll with the flow. Yeah. And I do think, though, you had mentioned, you know, discomfort and, you know, asking the uncomfortable questions or pushing people. I do think at some point after the relationship is built, we may have to, as therapists, push our clients into doing a little bit more outside of their comfort zone. Mm -hmm. And so I do think about, you know, when I have had people with specific religious trauma that they come in originally and they don't want to talk about it at all, Mm -hmm. maybe after the relationship is built and we get to the root of, okay, these things bothered me for this reason, some of the homework may involve going back into a church scenario or being able to rewrite some of these old messages or praying for the first time in 10 years just to get out of that kind of like exposure therapy. It's like you're getting out of that Mm -hmm. negative headspace. Absolutely. With this particular event. Yeah. And I mean, with the affirmations podcast, if you use negative self-talk as an example, if I saw a client for several sessions and yeah, the rapport is established, the homework could be, I need you to develop an affirmation and then not only develop the affirmation, but utilize it. Mm-hmm. And then you hope the client, cause it's for, it's for their greater good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I think that's all great. And just wanting to delineate there's, there's imposing our own values and beliefs and then there's doing what we were, Mm-hmm. trained to do and trusted to do and we give that speech up front about that this may get uncomfortable but feel free to ask questions all throughout the process and we update clients on the the action plan oh yeah with what's going on and we of course just well like you were saying paul said and i think it's second corinthians uh we won't get specific with verses um that's the that's the listener's homework we we verse. yeah we know the verses in the chapters first corinthians oh that's right. <laughs> you passed the test. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, what um, what would be things that would surprise uh, maybe this population of people or when clients come in and they learn that we're a Christian counseling practice, what are other things they may learn about that they're surprised to hear? Like, oh, so you, you, can, handle, you can handle this? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're a Christian person, maybe... To, I'm so not trying to sound arrogant, like we're just these amazing, perfect people, and like. I mean, you might not be. Oh, right, but you're just. I mean. Right, but uh, they may be surprised to be like, "Oh, I didn't know that we could talk about that here," or "I didn't know that y'all oh, that yes. y'all offered like that here." Yeah, uh, a lot of my people will come in, and boundaries are a big thing. Like, oh, you mean it's okay to me to mm-hmm. tell people no? It's okay for me to not want to do that thing and say I don't want to do that? Yes, it is okay. No, you do not have to keep talking to people that are unhealthy and abusive. Mm -hmm. Please stop. And then something else that we offer here is different types of therapy. So, like, we've got the EMDR Mm -hmm. therapy, which is trauma-related or OCD has a lot of um, progress with EMDR any kind of behavior modification EMDR can help. Mm -hmm. And that is, in my personal opinion, that's not typically something a Christian facility would offer because it is very scientific and almost Mm meditation-based. So it's a combo of 
evidence-based and then it's kind of woo-woo with the meditation practices. <laughs> so I use that phrase a lot more than, than one would think. Right? Well, what else? How do you just it's It's a little hokey-pokey. People, I mean, people immediately know when right? you say, you, you know, know you woo-woo. It's a little woo-woo. <laughs> but it is. Um, um, and then do you ever get pushback on if you recommend psyche valves or medication management? There's the general mental health stigma possibly to those things, but also there's the spiritual or Christian mm-hmm. pushback. Yes. Because someone doesn't have to be spiritual, any any religion or specifically Christian to not want to get those things right well yeah i'll have some people that push back against medication simply because they just don't want to put anything synthetic in their body and so we try to make accommodations for that as much as possible Mm -hmm. and i try to run through like all of the other options and then we try those first again meeting somebody where they are the journaling the the affirmations i mean whatever's appropriate for Mm -hmm. them and what they're going through that's definitely a moment where as a therapist and then I mean I'm taking notes for myself get the beam out of my own eye like am I exercising am mm-hmm. I changing my diet the things that whatever I'm going through and whatever if I'm having issues with my mood or per- whatever the the problems are like researching well what's connected to that and if I need to eat more spinach because it has whatever vitamin yeah. or mineral Ugh. am I am I doing that so that, that's not. those are conversations that I have because are, are we doing our part but then yeah. sometimes even with doing this comes up with talking about if somebody has a diagnosis that's just more, uh, I don't know if I should say socially acceptable, but just if somebody had diabetes or high blood pressure or high cholesterol, I don't think we really bat an eye at, oh, okay, well, I need to treat that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there are some cases where even um, though you uh, eat right and exercise, you're still going to have to take medicine yeah. for that situation. And I use that analogy a lot. Like, you would not fuss at a diabetic for having to have an insulin pump Mm -hmm. nobody would fuss at that person and tell them that they just weren't praying enough and that you know their insulin their pancreas would be fixed if they just prayed a little bit more Mm -hmm. we don't do that to people same with like i also sometimes will make the analogy of a broken leg needs a cast Mm -hmm. you may not need medication forever but right now it's going to be the thing that holds you together while you're healing and that's another way i kind of look at it as like the medications, the psyche valves, these are all helpful tools to get you to where you ultimately want to be. doesn't necessarily mean that you have to use them forever. Right. Some people see medications as a life sentence, mm-hmm. and I don't think it always has to be that way. No, it's not. And I think that's a good point to make. I think it's something that if you ask them a question, anybody who's str- struggling with that, like realizing that medicine may be a good fit for them or it might be helpful just them even being aware of like taking a step back and taking a deep breath and just being aware of their situation and realizing that this isn't forever and it's just a hey if it may be it's just everybody it's different every every situation is relative but just acknowledging like right now this is the best tool that'll help me get through this Mm -hmm. this moment and again it's not just necessarily medication but diet changes exercise uh, certain vitamins or supplements Uh, if somebody needs a psyche valve um, you know, sometimes people do need to have some uh, inpatient help. But when we say psyche valve, we don't mean that we're guaranteeing that somebody's going to go and have to stay in some residential treatment center. It's just to, to get to know yourself better, to figure out if there's any diagnoses at mm-hmm. play. And then you decide uh, what to do with those results. 
As far as like treatment plan. Yeah. Sometimes having a diagnosis, giving it a name takes away some of the power because no longer do you just feel like, oh, I'm just broken mm -hmm. or this is just how I am. It's never going to get any better. Now you have a name to put with this thing that's going on and then you can talk about how to make it better or how to live around it if that needs to be the case. Yeah. Sometimes giving it a name is the best thing you can do. Work smarter, not harder. Amen. Do you have any final statements that you'd like to make? If you had to give, I don't know, a 10 second, I don't know how many seconds this is going to take you. But if you had to wrap it up, if somebody was saying, hey, I'm wanting to come to therapy mm -hmm. or, or I could never do therapy because I'm not crazy, you know, or I don't need that. Or mm -hmm. y'all are going to, or therapists in general are just going to shove information down my throat that I, that's not true. Anyway, how would you help ease somebody's concerns? Well, I kind of was thinking, this is not the actual mission statement of March, but here at March, Christian Counseling, I think kind of our mission is to be the counselors for the people who would not typically go to counseling. So a lot of us all of us, I would say, we're good at meeting people where they are. Mm -hmm. We are pretty good at getting in there and, you know, as Brene Brown uses the empathy example, we get down in the hole with the people to be able to mm -hmm. talk about how to get out of it. And so I would say somebody that's looking for therapy, you want to make sure that you are finding a person that you can get along with. I tell my people in our first session, if you don't like me or if you don't think we're going to jive, that's okay. Let's talk about how to get you to somebody else that you will jive with. Mm -hmm. That is, you're not going to hurt my feelings a bit because if the client isn't comfortable, the therapy can't happen. That's right. And so for somebody that comes into therapy, they're nervous, anxious, whatever. If you don't get good vibes from your counselor, request somebody else. Mm -hmm. If you don't like what they've said, tell them about it, talk about it, and you may need to find somebody else, either in that same building. And a good therapist is going to be okay with you doing that. Mm -hmm. A good therapist is going to say, hey, look, if I'm not it, let me help you find who is and move along. You should Absolutely. never be afraid to ask for what you need, especially in a therapeutic relationship. And if you are in the beginning, hopefully the therapist is aware of that or noticing it or it does their job in trying to pull that information out in the nicest way. Yes, very gently pulling mm -hmm. the information out. But if anybody's having concerns about well, what is March Christian therapy uh, or what is Christian counseling or will they push their own values or beliefs uh, on me, the answer is no. Like Jesse already said, we try to meet people where they are. And just be, if we focus on relationships, just being a mm -hmm. kind, empathetic, compassionate ear. Absolutely. And then we go from there. Well, Jesse, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. And thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll see you next time. Okay, bye.